Hey, hello, welcome. It is that time of the year. We're gonna do unscripted gaming. I got two two special beautiful people here. We're filing our taxes. It is Live. soon. Soon. Yeah. We're 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 submitting our IRS W twos to the the video game gods. I think that's still just the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Uh, who are your names? Uh, I'm Ray. What are your names over there? Uh, I guess I'm Mike. All right. All right. I'll, I'll be Mike. Josh today. Let's Excellent. do it. Wonderful. So uh, it's the annual game of the year, unscripted gaming's game of the year list. In case you're new to the uh, podcast, and there are some new people. Hello, I appreciate you. In case you're unfamiliar with the concept of the end of a year. Then, right. Uh, th- we, we've gone around the sun one time. We're mm-hmm. we're we're gonna do it again, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, statistically things are gonna get weirder. Mm-hmm. And look, yeah. at the end of the day, you just gotta make it through next week. Yeah, and then the week after that. That's a good. And way then to go the about week it. after that, and the next one. So, um, let's go ahead and talk about now. The game of the year is not definitive uh, for any of us. We go through our top five picks. And um, it's just five picks that we believe were really good games in 2023. And then we go ahead and make our piece. No one, It's not a win-lose thing. It's just what we thought were like games that stood out to us. So, and so uh, my, Mine's the answer key. Um, but also, uh, hmm. have, th- just, just a fair warning, uh, any games that you hear, if you hear us say on the list, we are probably going to spoil in some way, shape, or form. We will do our best to not give up everything but mm-hmm. uh you know getting into why we had the reactions we had sometimes we're gonna get into into spoiler territory so fair Just warning a tiny bit. yeah um <clears throat> i do want to take a moment unlike the game awards did just a moment to say like hey if you were making video games 2023 was a rough Probably year bad year yeah if you were yeah. one of the people that were working under the embracer group man my heart's out to you. I've worked for the Embracer Group twice in my gaming career. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Pro tip to everybody. If your business model depends on the Saudi Arabian government giving you $2 billion, you have a bad business model. People are saying this. Um, but, Ray, and, counterpoint, mm, unlimited mm, money. I, with, it, clearly with, it's not. <laughs> with heavy strings attached. Clearly it wasn't, because what if they just say no, and then your business model instantly crumbles in front of your eyes? That did happen pretty quick. Yeah. I would simply not count my, uh... My, so- my, my Saudi oil. Sovereign Wealth Fund money right. before it cooked. Before, before, before the check cashed. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Saudis do be diversifying, and sometimes you're not in the portfolio anymore. They went from, they went from, we need this money in, I think it was May, to the newsletter they announced in June, like, we're going through a massive restructuring and we are going to lay off uh, 15% of the workforce. You know what they say, go woke, go broke. (laughs) I don't even... Getting Saudi Arabian money is like the opposite of going woke. The literal polar opposite. Goodness. Um, and it's not just that. It's like, even if you worked for like a successful company, um, there were just massive layoffs. Even yeah. if you were good at your job, you 
might have gotten laid off, and that really that really sucks. Yeah, I think we kind of talked about it really well last time. I feel like, but it just is a real bummer that the way most companies are designed to run is continued year over year growth. Yeah, in an environment that depends on you know zero percent interest rate basically and the second Mm -hmm. there is not unlimited free future money uh the only way forward is to you know blow up people's lives and stuff it's just a real um you know it's the way these companies are structured and it's just Mm -hmm. a real bummer and yeah i think things should be done differently it is it is it is a hard contrast to look at the the pretty banner year we had in uh-huh. 2023 with a lot of great releases and a lot of really critically well-received games and commercially received games and fan-received games and to still see such uncertainty, uh, you know, what, what was the, the, the day after? I mean, you know, that, that was a studio that released a game and five days later said we're done like we it wasn't good and we're we're out of business like there's just there's a lot of uncertainty going on yeah in the game of all the case. companies you bring up you bring up the scam video game hey hey i mean we got Free we country. got we got all ends of the spectrum going on in 2020 <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure i've endorsed the scams on this podcast. the, <laughs> this the, the, the 2023 podcast. bingo card is completely filled out like this is a pro scam podcast. This is financial advice. We Josh, are your financial you... advisors. Guys, let me tell you about crypto. All for scams. I think it is part eventually. of a well-balanced portfolio. The, Josh, does it, did you know that the creators, or rather the two main developers of the studio that made the day after, uh, they were just rushing game devs that just ran off with the money? The special. Again, yeah. you know. That's, they this is a high, they played, this is classic hijinks. They played the long exception. con too because they they put right. out a couple games. For, you know, there there were some games before that. So, you know what? Good round of applause. Look, this is no. just the video game development version of the greatest job you can have in um, America, which is fired football coach. Fired uh, football coach. This is this is the, like the tech world version of fired football coach is shuttered game development studio owner (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah there's some truth to that yeah yeah because normally they don't get punished that hard Uh, shout out to tim sweeney for firing what was it like eight thousand people or some stupid no it's not eight thousand it was some stupidly large number of epic games and almost destroying Bandcamp as a website and him just saying yep dims the brakes well, it was, yes, what company so also what what company also said we I think it was also Tim Sweeney or somebody related, but who then said when a certain game wasn't getting ported or brought over immediately, they said, oh, because we don't have enough programmers. And it's like, bro, you fired twenty percent of your employees this year. No wonder you who don't have that? enough programmers. Who was that? That was oh, I, I thought it was Epic, but I might be wrong. No, it wasn't Epic. Epic Epic did the very dumb thing of, like, yeah, we fired a bunch of people. It's because we spent more money than we had. Like, shout out to him for just owning it. But, like, dude! <laughs> Come on! Like, I don't want to sound like one of those people that is, like, 
you know, oh, you, if you don't have, yet, you, you know, modern finance isn't just about having like a piggy bank mm-hmm. and then, oh, you don't have any money anymore. You can't like, it's, it doesn't work quite like that. But like, sometimes people need to go back to the basics of like, can you spend money you don't have? Yeah. No. <laughs> can't. Sometimes, then, you know, you get the ulterior motive of like, hey, what if we just do a bunch of, of round of layoffs? Then we can rehire these people at everybody's different company uh, at a cheaper uh, labor cost. And, you know, sometimes start cycle over again. So Sometimes. I think there is, if I was to end this tiny segment on a positive note, um, because, okay, a lot of friends and colleagues uh, were working at Volition which was one of the companies that had a major layoff. I used to work at Volition, and that was 180, 185 people that like, studio, 1 p.m., we're closing down. You have two hours to clean out your desk. It, it was that serious. Um, I want to say most of the ones I know, most everyone has landed on their feet. And I can say like a large amount of them have taken like a lesson learned type of thing. And like, Several of them, I, I won't name names or anything, but several of them are now either working for co-op studios or just, like, much smaller, better indie studios. They had their choice. They had options of, like, larger ones, but they're like, I'm not taking that risk anymore. And that, I respect a lot more. There's a lot more Midwest video game studios cropping up. Madison, Wisconsin is becoming a huge gaming hub, and that's cool to me. Like, well, so the giants are bleeding, but, you know, from that blood are rising, like... Yeah. New word development. And that's I feel like we've cool. talked about this too, where it's like we're in an age of like quadruple A games are just like and if your game isn't like a smash hit seller with a live service multiplayer game that can yeah. go on forever, like you have to lay off like half your studio because you didn't do that. And that's crazy and unsustainable and we're beginning to see that. And hopefully that again, the kind of positive flip side here, hopefully this means like people get to like start smaller mm-hmm. companies more mid-sized like games that are like produced and made reasonably and ethically yeah. I guess sustainably it. yeah sustain that's a great word for it i think yeah you, you you don't have to like put all your eggs in one basket and hope that your live service game gets 50,000 people in day 1 and crashes your server but what if it's like a really great looking basket you know <laughs> what, little, what little if little the basket has great jiggle physics? Let's talk about that for a second. Uh-huh. You're going to save that for higher up the list. Number yeah. five. Number yeah, five. let's get to the list. Oh, wait. Actually, can I do a, a dishonorable mention? Ooh, yes. I do have a special mention, so please get your dishonorable okay. one out there. Well, honorable mention, I wanted to spend more time with it, uh, but didn't play enough of it, I feel like, to justifiably put it on here. Uh, Pizza Tower. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Cool looking, kind of like grimy looking little Wario Land esque platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to spend more time with it. Didn't, but really like the vibe. It's really great. Like again, feels like it's right out of like 1997 or 98. Like something you played on like the Nickelodeon website, which is great. Yeah. Um. Dishonorable mention Diablo 4. Uh, Damn! A bummer game for. Uh, I don't know. Just kind of a bummer to play. It's a bummer to be in that world. 
everything is bad and super the worst thing possible. It's just so one note. Uh-huh. I got so sick of it. Uh, and then it was just like I, it was just did, did not have a, uh, any real joy playing that game, honestly. Yeah. And then thankfully another a great fantasy RPG came along and uh, took care of all of my complaints with Diablo 4, so I didn't have to keep playing it. So That's cool. I have one honorable mention. Um, it doesn't belong anywhere on the Game of the Year list, but I played it and really liked it, and it came out this year. It's called Gear Bits. It's a little indie, not armor core. It's a com- It's a slice, uh, a combination between armor core and Starship Troopers. You play a giant mech, but you're shooting waves of waves of bugs and protecting bases and protecting convoys, and you're fighting other mechs and you're protecting cities. And I didn't know I wanted movie Starship Trooper, uh, specifically the movie version, with Armor Core, but here we are. And it's made by one person. One person took, uh, like, I think it took them over the course of eight months in early access to make it. And I played it and I beat it and I'm like, man, this is really cool. I'm so glad that this one person was so passionate. And they released it right before Armor Core 6 came out. So they were they went right under the line. Because, you know, once Armor Core 6 comes out, the mech audience tapped. Um, and I, I, I want to put that out there because I think that's dope. I think everyone should try it. It's like 10 bucks on Steam. And nice. you, can, you can do a... They have a free demo on their website. Um, Quack Pond Games. Go play the demo. See if you like it. I think it's neat. Now we can, uh, unless Josh has an honorable mention, we can get to the number five. Uh, my honorable mention this year, uh, struggled not to put it on the list, but uh, Destiny 2 Lightfall, the the campaign from this year. Um, I know we had some, some, some mid-year struggles, but the front half and the back half of that, that expansion this year have, I think, brought some really positive changes to the game. I know there's a lot of outside stuff, um, you know, it's, it's a tough to follow up a very, very good mm-hmm. expansion right before the very last one and kind of put all the last puzzle pieces in place. But um, I think they've done a good job to build some intrigue and turn me uh, into at least a Destiny sicko curious person. And, sicko um, curious. It's, yeah, it's good. All right, that's cool. So, uh... Well, I'll start with my number five. My number five, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, To go ahead and get my Uh. very brief reasoning out there, I think that game is really special. I think what Nintendo pulled off is magic from a game design perspective. The, The joy I had in my face when I got off of the little, you know, training islands and I built a little car and I put a little flamethrower on the back of the car, and the flamethrower made the car go, and I put a fan on the back of it, so we were just bursting along with a little flame going off the back. And because I couldn't steer the car, because I just made it, it crashed into a rock, then the land behind me was on fire, and everything around me burned and I died. Um, And I think this happened to everyone the first time they built a car. Um, It's like, yeah! This is, re- this is great. This is cool. And then the game keeps going, and um, I saw a video of Mike built a jet. <laughs> and so I uh-huh. tried to... Em- I got to that section you were in, and I tried to build a jet. It's the fact that 
the game introduces these wonderful, fun little moments that you can constantly have, and I really, really find that special. If I was a little kid, and I'm talking like below the age of 10, and this game came out when I was 10 years old, I, I would cry tears of joy. I think this is a super special Zelda game. That's my number five. Now, wait, wait, to, to cap off um, why it's number five and not anywhere higher, I did not like playing it after hour 25. I, I, I like the sky section of the game. I like the underground section of the game. I'm glad they exist. I think that took chutzpah for Nintendo to use the same map, but then still add to it. But I think there is too much of a good thing, and that is... Some of those temples weren't fun. I can't defend the Fire Temple. Uh, I, I think it's bad. I think it's poorly designed. I had no fun doing it. Um, and I, 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 Josh is still playing this game. I have opinions of that final boss fight, and none of them are positive. <laughs> uh, Godspeed to you, Josh. <laughs> I actually, on the way to record this podcast, I played, uh -oh. I played about an hour. <laughs> he found the Bacoblin. <laughs> Done. <laughs> it stabbed me in the back ah! with a fucking wooden spear while I was trying to do one of those oh clear out the enemy encampment missions with your buddies all wearing like saucepans from behind seven health boom done roasted which a long wooden spear doing seven hearts of damage to supposedly the greatest swordsman in Hyrule is absolutely unimaginable and unforgivable. Like I, I, I love the story of Josh getting shishkebobbed by a bacon. <laughs> I donor kalink. I hate this game. Oh wow! <laughs> but I can't stop playing it. Which is why, up until about an hour ago, it was not on my list. Okay. But this last hour, it snuck on at number five. Really? We it, got the same number five. It, hey, it, like, go. all right. I hate the gameplay. I <laughs> truly, truly do. There are some sections of the game that are very, very boring. But I'm also so intrigued. But I also don't know why. Because there's so little story in the middle of the game when, like, you're just bumping around. It's like, hey, go to the next spot. And they're like, oh, hey, you should probably go over here. Where? Fuck if I know. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, everybody keeps saying, oh, it's the same map as the, as Breath of the Wild. Doesn't feel familiar in the slightest. I have no idea where I'm at at any given. They rotated it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Like, it is the same map. It is the exact same map, but you're looking at it from a different angle than when you first started Breath of the Wild. But Lion. I That's also just, like, went on a little exploration under the starting area and found this, like, big bone creature under the, the castle that was hiding under some rocks that I had to hammer away. And I beat it. And it was fun. And I was okay. a little stressed, but I did it. I didn't even die. And I was like, man... Sometimes this game is okay, but Bacoblins can get fucked, and that's why it's number five. That's amazing. Mike, please go ahead. Uh, swing in at number five. Mm. Uh, we have Destiny 2 Lightfall. Ew, uh, gross. Uh, 
with the strand powers, you can Spider-Man wow. swing. Wow, you you really uh, uh yeah, just strand on me, Daddy. What? Um, again, I think similar reasons uh for Josh here as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the other ex, you know, outside noise of Bungie Studio term turmoil, which is no bueno. Thumbs down. Don't like it. Hope they right the ship there and hope those people get to do what they want to do because they deserve to um they're really good at making games the raids like the lightfall raid is extremely cool um i think the dungeons this year have been pretty solid the game's just it's just a really fun game still and i really like it um i think I would have liked... I, I, would t- I think I've talked a little bit about this, so I won't belabor the point, but it's a bummer that, like, uh, there's a lot of, I think, interesting angles in the kind of Lightfall premise that are not really explored about, like, hey, there's this city that is has been separated from the, like, the last city with the Traveler, like, you know, the, des- the iconic Destiny city. It's been... There's another human settlement out there that's been separated for hundreds of years at this point uh and they that's not like the the differences and like the skepticism that would should exist there is not really something explored and that's a tension i really wanted to like i think there's a lot of interesting meat there as far as like writing and like an interesting story that's just not really explored super well uh it's hinted at in some really cool art um, but just not really explored. So I kind of had my like qualms with it, but um, that's, overall, I think that's one of those things that I do hope that maybe once you know the grand witness problem has been solved, that maybe they take a little time to go back and explore some of that. Yeah, because like the veil is coming up a lot more in this season stuff, so I think they're going to pay off some of that stuff, but like again, it's like, the real thing is like, okay, Neo Muna has like a mural with like Guardians depicted as like weird skullish kind of freakish monster things compared to like their Cloud Striders, who are like heroes uplifting the city, and I'm like, well, what's up? What's that? What's that story? I want to do that. That seems crazy and interesting. That they would be like freaked out by guardians, like that's cool. I wish they did that more, but they don't, which is disappointing. Uh, but the game is real, still clicking along for me. It was fun. So comes in at number five for me. So Ray, right. what is your number four? Number four. <clears throat> Street Fighter 6. I wanted, years ago, almost 10 years ago, actually, I wanted to like Street Fighter 5, but it was dense mechanically. Um, I didn't like their character release model, which Street Fighter 6 is kind of sort of copying this year as well. And I didn't like the fact that Street Fighter 5 released with, like, zero story mode. It was kind of there, but it's like... Nah, this this ain't it, fam. And I love Street Fighter Four. Um, Street Fighter Six though is like, what if we made Street Fighter Five, but we made it like accessible to anyone that has a controller? And that it's 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 freaking beautiful. It's not mechanically dense. It's it is very much the chess of fighting games right now. Um, 
there's just enough that you can get people off of you. You could do combos. I watched a video the other day, and I watched just a Ken just knock someone around with a 19-hit combo. And I was talking with someone else that is a, a platinum rank Zangief fighter. And I'm like, I don't, I had no idea Ken was capable of pulling off that 19-hit combo. And the fighter that I knew said, like, it's not about getting hit with the combo, it's coming back from that. Because the game gives you so many options to, like, after a certain combo string, you're not, you're not doing as much damage as the first two, three, four hits. But <clears throat> the game is great to watch, it's super accessible, it has modern controls, which, you know, some people, some, <clears throat> let me be clear, some babies in the fighting game community <laughs> have issues with modern controls, but they're fine. Not everyone needs to know how to do a quarter circle fire punch. Get out of here, these with, are babies. When I was a kid, it took me weeks to figure out how to throw a fireball in Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. Weeks to know how to do it reliably. And the fact that you're making it so people can do it at the touch of a button and can hop online, they might still get their face beat in, but they're still putting up a fight. Well, and it lets them get to the more interesting kind of strategic layer of fighting games. Yes, faster, exactly. Which is the really the hook that is really interesting. Honest, honestly, that's one of the main reasons I've never gotten into fighting games because, like, for the life of me, even if I could remember the the button combos, which not very likely, but like mm-hmm. I just couldn't get, I could never quite get the like the movement right. Like I felt like a, like doing a Z on the the, the D pad, I could never the shortened motion. It, yeah, I, I could yeah. never quite get it. So like sometimes hearing you talk about the the quality of life improvements that they've made. Mm-hmm. It, it you know it makes me it makes me Street Fighter curious a little bit. It's really good to the point where someone using modern controls got to number six in Evo 2023. Number six with modern controls. It's not baby mode. These are legit. It's a legit way to play that the game. Kind of tells you all you need to know. That's it, crazy. Yeah. Now they they didn't win, but it's the fact that when the game first came out, someone just hopped up there and said, it's like. It's the equivalent of Sonic Fox getting up there and getting to number one 2018 Evo with the base came in the box PS4 controller. There ain't no hoary fight sticks out here. He came out here with what? With the pack in. That don't even got. That don't even got Hall Effect. That is. He's gonna do it with the Mad Cats next time. (laughs) But um, Street Street Fighter Six is really, really good. Uh, specifically, if I will say. All the accessibility options. The single-player mode is really fun and stupid because you can challenge everyone to a fight. Um, the story mode of Street Fighter Six is, hey, Metro City, uh, it's a city from the Final Fight series. The city keeps getting jacked by gangsters, so the mayor instituted the policy. Everyone knows how to throw down. Everybody knows how to fight. And learning and, you know, challenging someone to a fight like fist bumping or elbow bumping, that's just greeting someone. Then you throw hands. And you can throw hands with anyone. There's a hot dog vendor out there. Let me go ahead and get a glizzy. Then, by the way, hop out here to this pavement. We got to talk for a second. Gobble on the glizzy and and then catch these hands, bud. (laughs) Exactly. And that's fun. And it's funny. And the game plays it so serious. You go down to, like, the... You go down to the subway and you're waiting for it and you can get a slice of pizza like from a vendor and then a guy who's just like, it was like a street performer. He's like juggling and you can walk up to him and say, the the icon appears above his head to challenge him to a fight. You're like, you want to stop those juggling? You want to do this? And he he challenges you and then you fight him and it goes into 2D mode. It's 
E for everyone, baby. <laughs> it's so it's a it's such a fun, fun, fun game. Um, and I hopped online. I sometimes streamed a couple of rounds online uh, to you guys. Um, I'm loving it. I was thinking about it today. I think it's one of the best fighting games, one of the most honest and earnest fighting games I've played in a long, long time. Um, this sounds cliche, but I'm happy to say it. Uh, Street Fighter's back in, like, the best way ever. I I'm having a blast with it. Uh, that's my number four. Uh, going in the circle, uh, Josh, what's your number four? Nice. Uh, my my number four also has a six in the name. Oh, okay. Uh, and that would be Armored Core 6. Oh, my gosh. I'm actually shocked. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a, a... It was a very tough battle for four, five, and, and off the list. So... Armored Core still made the list, um, mm -hmm. even though the game that is not on my list did take it out of my my active rotation. Like I have not finished it. It is still something I think about and have the intention to go back to when some of the other games that I have taken that spot are done. Like mm -hmm. um, it, I and I know I talked about this on, on the pod where I really got into my my feelings about it. I have very complex feelings about the game itself and like the difficulty curve because I do truly uh -huh. think that the game doesn't do enough in the main missions to get you ready for the boss battles. I think the the difficulty is like baby 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 we're going to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> death death die a thousand times you fucking moron. Why That's don't you from use, soft baby. Why don't you that use, is that from why soft feel. Use, why don't you use the skill we've never asked you to use before <laughs> or ever even mentioned you stupid moron and then you go back down and it's like hey yeah I'm, I'm a god. I can kill a bunch I'm doing a good job. I got a couple little dudes. Yeah oh my god. Here's a little tough fight with a couple actual named pilots ooh 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 there we go. You fucking idiot. Why did you die a thousand times you stupid 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 moron! Like you fell for it again. <laughs> fell for one of the classic blunders. Like Pull, pulled the string, the box snapped down on top of his head. Yep. But that even even so, even in my absolute abject frustration, that the day that I said if I don't beat it today, I'm uninstalling. Like despite that, I'm still like I should probably get back to Armor Core at some point soon. Like <laughs> I I just. Feel the urge to get back into it more than the game that is not on my list, mm -hmm. which and it can spoil now. It's, it's Starfield. Starfield didn't make the cut, and that's uh, that's number four for me. All right, interesting. All right, well, hey, number four, uh, swinging in at number four is also Destiny. To um, <laughs> Jesus, uh, it is uh, Spider-Man Two. Um, Shocker. I I went on a little surprised. Yeah, me went too. On a bit of a rant here last time uh, about my qualms of the story. It's just you know, it's a very, it's very safe. It frankly does not really have anything really interesting to say about Spider-Man or Peter Parker or Miles Morales. Really, again, I think there's a weird kind of paranoia and self-consciousness from the writer's side about, like, not wanting to take any risks. Like, oh, if we do Venom this way, then people on Twitter are going to be mad about it. So we have to do it this way. Hmm. Or, Interesting. Like, just, like, 
Like, I get it. But I just, I don't know. Craven just does not really do anything for me as, like, an antagonist. Like, he's, mm. I don't know. It's like, if you are here for Craven and Venom, then this is the game for you. Um, but, like, the swinging is fun. Uh, you know, it's still great to swing and move around. Mechanically, um, mechanically, very solid gameplay and, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, the fighting is like okay, but again, the really like the the fact that I have not played a lot of games, and uh, the swinging kind of gets <laughs> it on here, uh, on this because I the combat is all right. Okay, I think, uh, and the story is like has some cinematic moments, mm-hmm. um, that I I thought worked really well um i definitely think sorry i'm gonna say one more thing like i definitely think the superhero games have to get away from like the ooh, we're doing the scary thing like it's it's they're just it's like they're doing the treading the same kind of ground that like arkham asylum did back in 2008 whenever that came out I it's think. been a minute, yeah, yeah. It just again, it's not bad uh, per se. I think, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. but like it just is very much in that exact same like space, and it's doing the exact same things. So it's like, oh look, here's the things that Spider-Man doesn't want to have happen happening in the nightmare vision you're having. Ha ha ha! It's like it's you know it's just very well worn territory, and I wish. I think that's an open-world game symptom, really. Yeah. Like, I just... I wish they would have... I don't know. Like, everybody, like, knows all of these Spider-Man stories in and out. Like, I don't know. Do something different with them. Like, just... It just... I wish they would have explored different places. It doesn't have to be verbatim. Right. And it just, in a lot of ways, feels very, like... Rote... Again, it's like not bad. It's just kind of uninspired. This, this feels rude, but a little uninspired sometimes. No, I think that's fine. In in the same year that Spider-Man Two for Sony PlayStation Five came out, you also have like the movie um, Across the Spider Verse, yeah. which is like this tour de force of like really showing audio what, visual madness. It's what like, it, it's what like, animation yeah, exactly. means. <laughs> Right. I wish that movie had a third act. Not gonna be, I'm gonna be snarky about it, but because um, it's a half of a movie is what the problem is with that movie. It's one half of a full movie. They, they um, really, the, they really don't let you see that one coming till like nope. the last ten minutes, and then real, like if you've seen the movie before, you piece that together. You're like, real oh. bummer, kind of a bummer. Um, but generally, I think Grave does a really good point. It's just like it's rough to like see that kind of like explosive energy and creativity and then just coming back to this game and it's just like doesn't quite happen yeah on that end just, i don't know but again the the whole package i think kind of all wrapped up together still kind of solid so it gets on all here right. at number four all right cool so my number three uh is armor core six <clears throat> shock and all i love armor core i've been playing armor core since it uh since the 1997 Armored Core came out in PlayStation, which I found in the Mom and Pop store, uh, sealed in box $150. I think that's insane. I would rather pirate it. Um, it's 
it's a good game, it's not that good. Uh, but I've played a bunch of Armor Core. What, before I played 6, Armor Core 3 was my favorite Armor Core game of all time. I, I hear you people out there that say Fort Answer is good. Listen, I don't have, like, I'm not constantly ha drinking enough caffeine to move as fast as Armor Core Fort Answer constantly requires you to move. Uh, Josh, just to give you a hint, imagine Armor Core 6, but you never run out of energy, so quick boosting is required. Imagine a game that's just like ADHD, the mecha game. That's the best way I could describe for answer. That sounds and exhausting. It is mentally exhausting, but it has to this day a vibrant multiplayer scene and people like it. I can't take that away from them, but Armor Core 6 does away with that, right? It is a beautiful combination of Armor Core 3, Armor Core 5, and Armor Core 4. It takes all the best ones, in my opinion, smashes them together and gives you a game and it gives you this really cool story um, about consciousness, uh, xenophobia, slavery, corporate overlords. Um, what does it mean to actually have freedom? Uh, and uh, I think I talked about this before on the Can't podcast. Either, Shinji. Hmm? There's yeah, a little bit of that. But my, I will say, I hmm. do think it is lazy uh oh. That it is only over radio chatter. Like, oh, all uh. you get is radio chatter cutscenes and sometimes a little bit of, you know, radio chatter during the missions. But, like, mm -hmm. there's, you know, you don't, you don't ever get to see anybody, like, actually emoting. You don't get to see, like, you know, drawn out scenes between potential characters. They are all faceless basically nameless people that you get to hear talking over stuff and i will say like yes there is there's an interesting story there but i do mm -hmm. think that method of storytelling is a little outdated and a little lazy in the year of our lord 2023 i want to defend this with uh one of the reasons why it made number three FromSoft used the exact same engine to make armor core six that they made elden ring and the mad lads and lasses that made Armor Core 6 made everything to scale. So if you transport, you can do it. People are modding and doing it. If you transport an Armor Core from Armor Core 6 on PC to Elden Ring on PC, it's standing there next to a Tarnished, which is the name of the avatar. Everything is to scale. Everything. The Armor Core is... Uh, 30 30 meters tall. So when you're fighting something like one of those big, giant walking machines that you have to fight in one of the levels, that is to scale. And someone transported it to Elden Ring, and it's the size of the map <laughs> of Elden Ring. And then when you're fighting on the space station, like a space station, it's bigger than the map of Elden Ring. As a matter of fact, one of the giant eyes that's rotating, it is to scale in the map of Elden Ring, and they put it up in the sky to show how big that is. And you're like, some artist designed this. There's a part in the game where you are required to distract this giant monster called the Ice Worm. The Ice Worm is to scale. It is the size of the map in Elden Ring. And 
uh, while you're distracting it, someone has to fire a railgun from across the planet. And someone zoomed out and showed they scaled out to planet scale how far that railgun shot fires and it strikes the ice worms. And you got this cool cutaway line where the music stops and the person operating the railgun says, I won't miss. BAM! And it hits the monster and you're like, you get fucking rocks! <laughs> and I, I, I was geeking out so hard about Armored Core 6. I I didn't know what it was going to be when I saw that trailer in the Game Awards. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. It's just a CG trailer of robots fighting, but once you get it in your hands, the movement feels good. The energy blades feel good. All of the weapons, even after the bouncing, they feel good. The first boss I fought, Balateus, was hard. I was up for like three hours trying to figure out how to beat it. But then, um... The game does some really, really cool quality of life things. First of all, it gives you Estus Flasks. For you Dark Souls fans out there, they just don't call them Estus Flasks, they call them Energy Packs. Um, and it has a checkpoint system. It, old Armored Core games, when you lost to a boss, you had to restart that entire mission. This is like, nah, you could restart from right here, and you could go to the uh, garage, a little mini garage. So if you have a pre-built loadout, just change it right here. And you're like, tell you what, Balateus is using an energy shield, what if I use energy weapons, and I killed it in 30 seconds. Once I actually sat down and thought about, this is what the game is telling me to do, because when I was firing kinetic weapons at it, like bullets, you can see a little thing that pops up on Balotelli's energy shield that says, ricochet, ricochet, ricochet. Just smart little pieces of game design, like, I beat it five times, by the way. I need to get this out of the way. I beat Armor Core 6 five times and got all three endings in the game, and I loved it. I... It's not higher on my list because the other two games I think are just better, but this is actually one of my favorite games ever now at, at number three. Anyways, that's my number three. Very nice. This is a pro railgun podcast, to be clear. Oh, yes, very! We are, we are very pro railgun. <clears throat> All right, so for me, um, number number three, number two, there was, a, there was a contentious battle. Both are single-player games that I am, you know, currently in progress on. Uh, but I think this game could potentially be higher on my list, but the only reason that it is not is that every time that I've had to play something by myself in the last four weeks, I have gone mm -hmm. to my number two over this one. So number three is Mario Wonder. Uh, All right. And I know, we, you know, that, that that's one we've talked about recently on the pod. Um, a lot of very positive things about it, like, you know... Mm -hmm. They have they've taken all of the best things about a 2D Mario platformer. They have brought it to this game, and they have modernized it. They have added a lot of really cool features to it. It is a fun story. It is a fun game to play. It just feels good. Um, you know, it, it is not... This is good to hear from you, considering your uh, trauma... From the <laughs> new Super Mario Brothers. Game. Yes, this is good. It is. It is. It is not a disgusting, awful mess like that new <laughs> Super Mario Brothers U or whatever. Like it, those games made me want to never play a Mario game again. They were awful. A um, lot Did of you fun. Play the multiplayer mode of those games. Yes. Yes. I think that is the incorrect way to play those games. I feel like. It, it, I but feel like it was a want, prank. That's what they wanted you to do. Anyway, it was yeah. bad. They were awful. <laughs> Traumatic, as Mike said. Um, it, it, it's a lot of fun to play. 
Um, you know, it has been cool to share it with my my oldest daughter. She's actually mm-hmm. further than me because she's played it uh, more than I have. Um, and just, you know, the way that they, again, I talked about this before, but like the way that they both expect people who have been playing Mario for a very long time and know the basics and know the language of Mario, but also onboarding new players, it mm-hmm. it gives you, it's the perfect way, like, marrying of hey if you know what you're doing you're going to get through these sections it's not going to feel like a tutorial we're not going to give you a bunch of unskippable stuff and you're going to be able to get something that benefits you very quickly and accelerates the game if not you're going to have an opportunity to practice this basic skill and learn how to play this game get rewarded for it and and utilize it again very quickly like it is just it is great in that sense for new and old players I, I think it's a gorgeous game, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you play Tears of the Kingdom and watch the the switch go to two frames per minute. Uh, playing this game is <laughs> solid and minute. locked and gorgeous. Like, oh, it's amazing. And I, I, I love it. I, I'm excited to play more. I will go back to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, number two has been even more enthralling for me as of late. So, uh, yeah, okay. number three, right. Mario Wonder. Go ahead, Mike. Very good. Uh, my number three is a game we have already talked about here. It is Tears of the Kingdom. I okay. Think, uh, some of the reasons it is high for me are the following. One, uh, I like to build the contraption. I like to yeah. put the bob- the bokoblins in the t- into the device <laughs> and then activate the device uh, and watch the device go to work. Uh, I love that they made a Looney Tunes game. Like the comedy of... Oh, I'm gonna build a little thing I'm gonna do to fly this uh, Korok who's carrying a backpack that's too big to his friend, and then accidentally rocket blasting him off of the side of a mountain because I hit the button, hit the wrong button by accident, and just seeing him like fly off miles away. We forgot to talk about the Korok space program. Josh, how much, yeah. how many Koroks have we sent to the low Earth orbit? Yahoo! None. Absolutely. Low Hyrule no. orbit. Um, <laughs> low Hyrule so, orbit. Low Hyrule orbit. A lot of just yeah, like, I really got, I know a lot of people like did not really get into the pow- the new power set in this game mm-hmm. and your probably mileage with this game goes a lot into do you like the new stuff and like playing around with those tools and we really liked that mm-hmm. and I really liked the way it, the game kind of encourages you and rewards you for kind of breaking it like you know the, I there was a way to like do some of the puzzles and like what if we just build a you know, big fuck off platform and you know, <laughs> stick it somewhere up here and do some other crazy thing and then there you go and it feels like they made like breaking the game part of the game, which yeah. is really cool. With the um, ascend power up, I feel like that was a bug that they said that's a feature. Now. Yeah, they literally. I think that was like it. They got the idea for it as because it was like a dev skip tool, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "Wait, let's just make this an actual power." Um, it's so broken. I love so, it. So, so I really got into like using all those tools because it is the same map, and I was like, "I don't know about this." Mm-hmm. Um, but the tools change the way you interact with that environment completely, um, which is really cool. I also 
Um, I also really bought into like the score and the story of this game. Mm-hmm. Like it is a pretty. I I won't spoil it for Josh, because right. uh, he's playing through it. But like, I just like some of the. There were some like moments that made me feel like kind of sad when you kind of realize like what someone had to do to make things the way they are now Mm -hmm. Um, and then the kind of realization at the end that you may still be able to like do something and then it kind of all pays off in like a really fun brilliant kind of final sequence that is just like and like the theme is swelling and it just like it all comes together and just like a really like Studio Ghibli, full on like cinematic moment. Ooh, that's, that's just, a wonderful analogy. That's for just that. really like, that. like it's just is pulling in like like the like the diving, the music, the like seeing like the wind and the grass. Like it just all really clicks together sometimes. And I know there's like I don't think anything you all about your criticisms of the game are wrong at all. Mm. Uh, the thing. A bee chugging for sure. Uh, the, the Nintendo Switch is going to also fly off of your, uh, <laughs> off of your uh, stand and into the trash can because it's going to blow up. I have a question, um, real quick. Did anyone yes. play this game in portable mode? No. No. I I played it for portable mode because I went to a convention uh, and I brought it along with me. And I gotta say, uh. Yeah, activating Ultra Hand while in portable mode, um, it gets worse. That's all. Nice. Yeah. Um, Anyways, go ahead. But yeah, just a lot of that stuff is just what really did it for me in this. I don't know. I just really liked the the story on this one. Josh, can you take off your headphones for like 30 seconds? Thank you. Like when Mega Spoilers, the realization that Zelda turned herself into like the light dragon to yeah, send yeah. the master sword to the future. I'm like, oh my god, they did the thing. If like, would you still love me if I turned into a worm? Um, Literal worm. And then you get to <laughs> with a Y. And then, you, and then you get to save her. At the end. It's just, that that like, just that rocks. that part so that good. was probably one of the most unique master sword stories was, I think in like, any Zelda right. Game. That was so cool. Like, to yeah. really tie it to her and to, like, very noble sacrifice kind of thing. That is ultimate. But then you still get, like, the happy ending. Also, Ganondorf is cool as hell. Um, uh, you, the dragon is there the entire... It's the first thing you see when you wake up. You're like, uh-huh. the dragon's been watching you this whole it's time. So, it's not a malevolent force. It's yeah. so Like, just that really clicks. Okay, Josh, okay. you're good. Um. So, yeah. That's why Tears of the Kingdom is number three for me. I think that's neat. All right. So here's my number, number two. two. Uh, it is Mario Wonder. Super Mario Wonder. I think, and I said this in our chat before, I think on a technical level, this is one of the best video games ever made. Purely on a technical level. Um, it's also one of the bravest video games ever made. Uh, because... Unlike most Mario games, and this is no shade, most Mario games are phenomenal works of genius. Um, Shout out to Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy 2, and Mario Odyssey. I thought nothing could transcend, like, 
the insanity that is Mario Odyssey. And then Mario Wonder says, hey, we're going to make a 2D Mario game, but we're going to make every single level different. No, no. Listen to me. Like, uh, whoever the uh, lead designer, sh uh, we'll just say Shigeru Miyamoto, grabs you by the scruff, brings you in, and says, every single level is different. Every single one. Every single level is going to teach you a brand new way to play this game. And it's going to introduce a brand new mechanic. And hell, this level might introduce a brand new enemy that you will never see again. You will see it in this one level, you will beat it, and then you have to do something else. Do that for eight hours. And, and like, as, as someone who's like... Uh, discipline in gaming is a producer. I'm like, you you want a different enemy in every single level? You want a different mechanic in every single level? How? Why? When? When would you have that? And then they did it, and it's marvelous. I I beat this game in two days because it's I had so much fun because. Every single time, I, I was looking forward to every single new level. Every level has like a little name next to it, and there's a little star rating for how difficult it is. And it's a new exploration of like a different way to play Mario. And then there's so many different power-ups. You think like, oh, you, Mario turns into an elephant, big deal. It's, it's more than that. There are so many different transformations. And then they take it another step further. Every single level has a wonder seed, just about. And the wonder seed is, what if... What, take this level and stretch the mechanics to a, a different limit. What if you got Long Mario? Long Mario is back. I don't know if you guys have seen no. the new Long Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah the wonder seed is basically like, yo, what if instead of a, a power-up mushroom, Mario took magic mushrooms and yeah. tripped balls for... 30 seconds to 2 minutes. I, I, I'm i going to steal a phrase from Video Game Donkey. When in level 2, you take a Wonder Sea and the Piranha Plants start singing at you, you know you're effing around with the game of the year. <laughs> when I, it, you is, know, it, it, it is also amazing, like, the way you describe Mario Wonder. It doesn't mm -hmm. sound like a game that should be approachable to somebody who hasn't played years of Mario. Like, to sit yeah. here and say, like, oh, there's a different mechanic on every level. There's a different enemy on every level. Things change constantly. Like, that doesn't sound like something that should be approachable, he, honestly, to a novice or to somebody who's experienced because you have a, a a novice, you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing and you're going to constantly change it. To somebody who's experienced, you're like, oh, I already know what I'm doing. Like, this is how I play a Mario game. And then you're you're turning it on its head every other level. Like, it doesn't sound like it should work. But it does. Like, and that's the incredible thing about the way that they've designed this game. It mm -hmm. works on both levels and is also constantly fresh and new at the same time. That's that's the magic. That's the wonder of it, to go ahead and steal the phrase. I don't care if it sounds cheesy. It's He's, actually he true. He said the thing. He said the thing. Yeah. He did ah, it. He said it. Oh, uh, it's... To take a, a game that never feels bored, like if you like platformers, this is it. This is the top of the mountain. Everyone else, get down. Go down to base camp. I don't know what to tell you. This, I've never played a platformer that just says, yeah, there's there's a Goomba sometimes. There's a Piranha Plant a couple levels, but 
we have come to us we have so much to show you and yeah and you know getting to the very final boss of that game i didn't know what to expect for the final boss and i didn't expect that uh anna came home from her shift um and she started watching me play for a little bit like at the last level she's like what are you playing and i said I don't, I don't want to give it away. I said, uh, I'm shockingly playing Mario. And she's like, this doesn't look... I said, I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's great, actually. And I was, like, smiling the entire time. Yeah, number two, uh, Super Mario Wonder. Uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch, you probably have Mario Odyssey. Bookend it. Uh, go play Mario Wonder as well. Josh, what's your number two? Uh, so my number two... A little JRPG-inspired game called Sea of Stars. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've been playing that on Game Pass. Um, I don't know much about the, the studio that developed it and whatnot. You know, I, I need to do some research. But it is a very you know, Final Fantasy, like, pre-7-inspired JRPG game. Um, but with a lot of amazing modern takes on that gameplay um you know it, it is it is a love letter to jrpgs of the past and a, a adaptation of how can you make that in a modern setting the, the art is beautiful i'm really enjoying the story the characters are phenomenal like um I, i've got three active party members one that is a part-time like who's just along to kind of play a support role and kind of uh, do some things in the lore and the background and, and flesh out the world a little more. Um, the combat is really interesting in the fact that it is it is 100% time-based, but it gives you a couple different ways to modify that. So first, it is active in the sense that as you're attacking and defending, you can time pressing A to potentially do extra damage like do a double attack when you attack or reduce the amount of incoming damage by blocking at that time um and it's even the game is like you don't have to do this all the time you're not going to get punished for it but like the better you get at this the you know the more quickly you're going to get through your combat experiences or the less often you're going to die so um and the other thing is they they have different uh, they give you a sense of like when the enemies are going to attack. They give you a little timer, but they also give you a break meter of, hey, if you hit this enemy with a, a, a blunt sort of attack, a sharp attack, and a sun magic, you're actually going to break their attack and they won't be able to attack that next round. So like you can get a little more strategic in how you are uh, using your attacks, your your spells your combos it, it's it's been really fun um the movement is very modern and, and easy flowing and it, again it in the last couple of weeks when i've had that time where i'm like oh it's just me i'm by myself what i'm gonna do every single time i've gone back to sea of stars like I, i'm i'm intru i'm interested in the the world the lore of this the 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 island in the world that we're in the, the two main characters and their best buddy who is along for the ride you, you get to choose between the two solstice warriors who are these seemingly predetermined heroes that get uh, cycled through in generations and then you've got garl who's just their old childhood friend who is like yo 
my friends are going up into this weird sky temple to train to be heroes of the world. I'm going to make myself the best combat chef that I can so that whenever they're ready to go into the world, I can go with them and keep them fed and use my pot lid to beat the shit out of enemies with them. And it's... I love it. Garl's the best. I love him so much. He got his eye poked out when they were kids fucking around. And you know what? He wasn't mad about it. He's like, I love these two so much. It's... I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying the game. It's free on Game Pass, but you can also pick it up. I would highly recommend it if you have any any nostalgia or any love for old style jrpgs this is a great love letter to it and i would highly recommend it and that's why it's my number two uh can i quickly um because the studio that made this i actually loved their first game um mike was just talking about you know we need more smaller studios making sustainable games a sabotage studio this is their second game ever um and their first game I loved, I played in 2018, it was The Messenger. It's very much inspired by Ninja Gaiden, but it's a Metroidvania-style Ninja Gaiden. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And I... they're actually super active on uh, social media. I like commented to them on their Twitter page saying, Hey, I just beat The Messenger. I really enjoyed the game. Great release, guys. And they like direct messages me like, We're so glad you loved it. Can you tell your friends? This is really cool that you liked it. I'm like... Damn! Thanks, guys. That's pretty good. That's really cool. I, I'll, I have to, I'll have to go back and check out the messenger at some point. But um, I yeah, this, I play a little bit this does that. not feel like a studio's second outing. Like, it, yeah, they're really good. You the telling, messenger is you really telling good me too. that surprises me greatly. Like, I know, I know, we're gonna get to another game here with some of you guys in a minute. Where, uh, yes, you've got a studio, but like, there's a lot. Like, the game is solid. Like, story, gameplay art direction, music, all of it is phenomenal. I am absolutely loving it. I, Ray especially. Like, you've got to play this game at some point. It's on my list. Yeah. It definitely is. But, yeah. So, CSR is number two for me. That's really cool. All right, Mike, go ahead. But I can guess what it is. All right. Everyone get mad at me. Oh. Uh, Race for Impact. My right. number two game is Baldur's Gate 3. Actually, it doesn't shock me. Okay. You know, just what did we talk about right before we did this podcast? It all makes sense. Uh, hmm. uh, it's a loop. Um, it's a loop. <laughs> it's not a lake. It's an ocean. Uh, but, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3. And uh, as I've, I've mentioned probably here and there on the podcast, uh, I DM for our RPG group that we, uh, you know, do semi-regularly. Uh, and so I'm really into like RPG type games and Baldur's Gate is basically the current rules of Dungeons and Dragons put into a video game uh, and the kind of amazing thing about this game is that they have they Larian took the time and was allowed the time with things we've already talked about um, that not every studio could like it would be it would not be feasible for anyone else to really do this with how this game is made which is cool but like the way that this game has so many of these like all of these systems layered on top of each other like so many different permutations of how situations can go how it kind of loops back to the story but where it can branch off wildly the fact that there's so much like care and craft to 
things that people might not ever see. Just the kind of the volume of that, like spending so much time crafting all of these like bespoke in like instances, I guess, of things that it, it goes against all the logic of like how you're supposed to make a game effectively and efficiently. Um, and it just it speaks to a real confidence in like the system and game that they have made here, because like the minute to like the combat is really rewarding when you start to kind of learn how like you're approaching all these situations tactically like you can like the build crafting is all really fun but like it's really crazy to have all of these systems like like you can you know how are you gonna solve the situation you could kill this person you could do some kind of crazy magic thing like I, I can't even begin to describe like all the different ways this can all break and blow apart because we'll be here all night doing it. <laughs> you know, like um, I just I can't even th I can't even like think of a good single like one I want to name really uh, to give it an example of. But like, just there's so many different ways that there's so many different like any like any approach is always feasible in a lot of ways. Like, hey, if you spec into like persuading and like kind of being a crafty talker you can talk yourself out of boss fights and you get just as much experience doing that as you do fighting which is great um so on top of all of that get that really cool systemic um like open world rpg like super in-depth role-playing game like mechanics you have a really great story with some of I think the strongest writing and acting I have seen in a video game ever which is really really cool to have like a game that is so rewarding mechanically and have some of the most like memorable characters yeah in gaming for a long time like yeah it's like it, I it not to talk about other award shows while we're giving out our awards here. Uh, but it's such a shame that, like, for the Game Awards, only Neil Newborn could be nominated for his role in this game as a Asterian, when, like, every one of the other main cast members, mm -hmm. like, have such an interesting story and do really well. Like, you know, I think, like, Shadow Heart's story was, like, a really good, like has some really cool big emotional moments that like because of the time and investment and how you approach it like feels really earned like you know not to spoil stuff but like there's a big moment where you think shadow heart's going to do something really bad because her toxic religion tells her she has to do it and you can either fight her to stop her from doing it pass a skill check like a dice leave it up to a dice roll on one of your abilities uh, to stop talk her out of it or you just trust her and like mm -hmm. the trust her button I think is a secret check on like your standing of like all of your conversations to that point I think we um, talked about this on the side and it's just cool that it like and again th then you know it it's just so cool that they can like tie all of this stuff together um, and again, I haven't even talked about like, just it's just cool to like, you know, make your own character and like be in this world. Like, it's just, it really speaks to all like why 
RPGs are really fun and cool. And uh, if you've never checked out a D&D type of situation, I think Baldur's Gate is a really good kind of entry into that. Yeah. Into like what this, what you can do in these spaces at its best. Uh, and just, you know, again, we could talk all night about this. So I really won't. But uh, yeah, it's a really special game, and it's uh, um, all of the accolades it has received are completely earned, and it uh-huh. is a, a remarkable achievement. It should earn more accolades, actually. Some people are saying this. Uh, well, my yeah, number, number one. one uh, first of all, I want to get before we introduce our number one. I want to get to my stinky game. My 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 <laughs> the stinko. My game. Yeah, um, I gave a special mention. I gave a special shout out to Gearbits. I want to give a uh, whatever. Jeer, cheers the, and jeers. Uh, cheers and jeers. Yeah, this is a jeer, man. This is definitely a jeer. Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, I don't. I don't know what happened there, oh, man. Buddy. I I have played every single mainline number Final Fantasy game made. I own I think every one of them in some fashion. I think so. And I was excited for 16. I did not know I was getting Game of Thrones smashed with Devil May Cry. I did not like it. I some of the cutscenes are at minimum half an hour long. They're in this 40 hour game, 11 and a half hours of it are cutscenes. That's not okay. That, oh. <laughs> the, the, there were times and all right, Kojima. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, it's actually Yoshi P, the guy that's the head producer for Final Fantasy XIV. And yeah, it shows. You could do that with an MMO. You cannot do that with a single-player game, my guy. Like, damn. Damn. There were times when I would, like, bust out. And I'm not joking. I would bring my, like, 25-pound weights and my yoga mat downstairs. So when a cutscene was playing, I would just get a workout in. And it would be, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> That's oh. unreal. It's true, though. It's... um. And if the game was more fun to play, I would probably not be as harsh. It wasn't that fun to play. It was like bad God of War because every time you unlocked a new power, you had no reason not to use that power. It was empirically better. It had lower cooldowns and it just did more damage. Stop the technique that you were doing. Switch to this new one. That's the new hotness. Also, the story subtext message is bad. It's that the story is like, I think I mentioned it before back in the summer of like, hey, a lot of people that can use magic are slaves. And so you would imagine like the other people that can't use magic are the masters. When is the slave uprising coming? This seems like yeah, the you perfect. Know who I'm dying to have weigh in on the human tragedy that is slavery. The, Final the, Fantasy. The royalty. No. Yeah. No. The, mm-hmm. the, it, it doesn't. 
Uh, I'm gonna spoil this. Fuck it, I'm gonna spoil it hard. The slave uprising I waited for this entire game never never happens. Actually, it's, it gets worse as the game goes on. You see, like, a woman who's able to cast ice and water magic. She's being, like, beaten on the ground, and your main character does nothing to help her. And it was, like, driving me insane! You can't even do an interact. Gross. Like... It is gross! It's bad, and... Your main character is like a, a, sounds, like a your crown main, sounds like your main character's a cop. Uh, he's a crown prince, and in a way, he he started he used to defend the system, but he's he figures out oh the system in this world that we're in is bad. And it's like then do something oh, about it. Is that my friend? <laughs> Please do something. Final Fantasy, more something. like a first introspection, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, got him. Oh god, and. and Anyways, that's my. I I wish this game was better. I I wish Yoshi P all the best in the world making more Final Fantasy XIV content. Please do. If you make another mainline game, I need like the meanest producer possible next to you to like constantly bap you on the top of the head and say no, no, we're not doing that. That that is their job. Or maybe maybe uh, just tell them to. Step aside. I don't want to be that mean, but maybe, maybe I don't know. He might be, he might be cooked. You know, who knows? So, uh, FF16 aside, onto my actual number one. Um, it's Baldur's Gate three. I I I didn't know. I've never played a Baldur's Gate before. There's several of them. I've never played a D and D video game before. There's many of them. Um, based in the world, based in the Baldur's Gate world, actually, um, it's a it's an honored uh, it's an honored setting for video games to use. And this one, uh, it was darker than I thought it would be. It's like the opening cutscene is extremely graphic, bloody, and gory. I was like, oh, what 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 did I sign up for? And then you get to the game, and it. It's in, I saw some articles. I wanted to backtrack a little bit. I saw some articles over the summer where they're like, game developers are freaking out about Baldur's Gate 3. And they're like, oh no, we're going to make this. And I will tell you right now, all game developers are like, we're not going to make that. That's impossible. No one, like, they're lucky they made that. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not even going to try. That's not the conversation game developers are having. Uh, this game was in early access for, what, five years? And they started making it like right after Divinity Sin. Uh, Divinity, Divinity Original Sin too. Original, yeah, the second one came out, so that was in 2017. And um, yeah, it's it's like no, this is a diamond in the rough. No one actually thinks that this game is could possibly be made. It's kind of a small miracle this game works. Just all the ways that it works. All, Act three. Yeah, Sometimes. When you get to Act 3, because of the fact that the game is saving every single decision that you make constantly, and because of the fact the game lets you make uh, like 30 or 25 different like quick saves, of which I may have filled out, because you could go back and quick save any I'm... single decision. <laughs> yeah, no shame! That heart disapproves. Oh, quick load. <laughs> Carlock is mad at you about this. Listen, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry about it. Let me go, let me go back. Quick space. Um, the game is great. I couldn't believe there were so many decisions that were made in this game. It's, it's funny. It's fun. It's dark. 
It's gross at times. It's invocative. It asks some really interesting questions, not just about, um, not just about like a D and D world, but just about the human perspective. What would you give up to live a little bit longer? What would you give up for one more day? Or for some characters, what if you know that you have an end? There is a clock ticking. What would you do with those last moments? Would you ignore it? Would you live your life to the fullest? There's so much in the story of this game. And then there's the game itself. And, you know, if you don't like 5th edition D&D, you're not going to like this. Because it's just 5th edition D&D made into a video game. Godspeed. Thumbs up. Here you go. And I don't mind 5th edition D&D. I think it's fine. I think Pathfinder is easier to get into. But this is fine. This is perfectly fine. I loved it. I loved all the rules. I loved the, just the shenanigans. Ladies and gentlemen, the shenanigans. Let's. <laughs> this game's got some shenanigans. What if you're hovering above a spider pit full of spiders that uh, are just waiting for you to fall into, which I which may have happened to me, and may I may have had to reload a save file. But what if you're just like, you know what, this enemy is standing precariously next to it. <laughs> you just push him off and let gravity do the rest of the work, and then the spiders go attack him. I think that's great. Or I this is a good riff because. Or what if you get pushed into the pit? Those mm -hmm. spiders, and then you talk to the spiders because you have talk speak to animals, and then you start a spider rebellion, and then the spiders join you, and then. <laughs> what are you singing? Sparks and red, baby. Mouse rat. Oh, goodness. The uh, yes, talk to animals. I almost, I, I'll admit this, I almost cried. Uh, because you get the power, so you get potions or you get the power to talk to animals. Eventually in the game, you get a dog that you can put into your camp. Drink the potion or use the power and talk to the dog in your camp. And I, as a dog owner, was like, oh my god, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, 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 I was like, when that, uh, that scene played, I was like, I think I'm about to cry. Oh my god. Jesus Christ, you can't do this to me, guys. You can't do this. Because you always wonder, like, hey, the way we got this dog was during some really bad circumstances. What does the dog feel about that? And then you ask the dog, What's and it tells you how it feels about that. And you're like, oh, this is such good script writing. The whole game is really well written. And then there's all the things that the game lets you do. Um, our friend Matt, he has some very hilarious things he's doing as a necromancer. All the NPCs have scripted dialogue for when you kill them and you use the power speak to the dead. They mm -hmm. have words they want to talk to you about if you kill them or if they die. Um, all the animals have scripted sequences. You sent me that TikTok, Mike, about the pigeon that you could talk to that talks about the Great Pigeon War. There's a battle pigeon. He's an actual battle pigeon. I loved it. I talked to... There's a certain... I won't say where, but there's a certain cat that you could just run into uh, in one of the cities. And the cat tries to proselytize to you and get you to join its cat religion. And me being a paladin, I said, I am interested. I'd like to hear more, cat. And the cat says, well, here's what my religion's like. What do you think? And you have the option, like, I guess I'd like to join your religion. And the cat says, kind of weird you want to join a religion that a cat on the street just made, that just told you about. Tell you what, get away from me, you weirdo. And I'm like, you know what? I like you, game. Fair enough. That is the correct reaction. To 
<laughs> just being some weirdo vengeance paladin. Oh yeah, and the fact that you can pick your character classes and you could roleplay in them. The game gives you so many opportunities. Like, it gives you the dialogue choice of, here's what you can say, but since you're playing a vengeance paladin, here's a little extra little snack that you could say. And I swore those little things put me so in the mood just being in character of just like my character, Darius Iconoclast walks in and says, Darius says you stop fighting or I strike you where you stand. I'm like, get him! That's exactly what you should be saying! And then you roll initiative! <laughs> God, I love this game. I, I loved beating it. I love the ending. I, I have to fight back the urge, some would say the dark urge, to start a new playthrough each Open and every day. <laughs> Open hand, monk. <laughs> busted. Do it. I, I, I kind of want to go back and like just roll a different class. You could turn all the other characters. I didn't know this. You could turn them into different classes. Yeah. If you want to make a healer, Karlak, you could do that. I think you're an idiot if you do that, but you can do that. And they recorded dialogue for that. Like, Yeah! There's... Which is like when your character's like, I feel like I'm not the right class right now. They're like, they talk about that. It's just like uh, it, it, the volume is like the volume and the depth is the bread. I cannot nothing so much. And depth. So yes. much was put into this game. Yeah, like in a game where in the in the in the industry where sometimes you get a bunch of games that are like an ocean um, that's just like an inch deep, miles wide, inch deep. This game is like the Marianas Trench of games. You went to the middle of the ocean and it just keeps going and going and going all there's there's like so many of us in our group we're all having completely fundamentally different experiences of playing the game none of us is having the same experience not even close and i think that's magical i think that's beautiful what a wonderful game beautiful 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 video game all right josh sorry please you're number one my number one so might might surprise you a little bit um i i Look, looking at the list and looking at what I played this year, I had a s tough time of like, you know, what what am I going to say my number one is? Because I had a lot of different experiences, liked games for different reasons, but there is there's one game that I've had that I have played consistently throughout the year. It has the benefit mm -hmm. of being out early, but it, it has been the go-to, like, I just need to have some fun game and okay. it it is pulling on some nostalgia it is pulling on some uh you know taking taking old things and making them new but it is battle bit remastered i respect this pick i respect it oh, a lot love it uh, i know, love you for that it is, i think that I, I think that's great yeah that's wonderful it, it, it's just like it, it is a game that i wasn't expecting that mm -hmm. I didn't know that I needed or, or wanted. I, I knew that I wanted. I knew I knew I wanted Battlefield, um, mm -hmm. but just kind of gave up on that kind of game existing. Like you know, I think that there has been some positive movement in Battlefield 2042. Like Dice has continued to work on it, and I've heard positive things, but I just have that sour taste in the mouth. But Battlebit Remastered comes out with. We, on paper, you're like, oh, hey, what if, you know, you took the Roblox guy and you played Battlefield? And you're like, okay, like, 
that's probably good for 20 minutes, but like, you know, that's not really gonna have the staying power. 50 hours later, still going back to that game, it is being actively worked on, and it it's just, it's fun. And it mm-hmm. is a, it is the perfect blend of like being able to get in and get really nitty gritty and serious and tweaking your loadouts and, you know, moving the slider 0.01 because that's going to give you better bullet drop on a distance, like to just like, Hey, I want to come out with an assault rifle and I want to go run around and I want to shoot people. Like it has everything for everybody in that sense. And it, it still feels balanced and enjoyable almost every time I fire it and even sometimes when I know I'm absolutely getting my shit rocked and my team is losing by double the amount of tickets I have left I'm still having a really good time because maybe I'm having a really good game I'm hot I'm having those emerging gameplay moments of being out somewhere and flanking a squad and wiping them out and then getting it's just there are stories that are happening across that game every single second of these matches and and when you're playing in the the 127 be 127 like mm-hmm. they can be 20 30 40 minute matches but it, you don't really feel that because the the way the tide of the battle seems to always be changing it's just you know it, it yes it is not as deep as a Baldur's Gate you know there's not any voice acting like it is very one. The voice acting is the chat, the live chat you get. Jesus! Oh my God! That chat. This, this <laughs> is. This is the, I think this is the feature that I didn't know that I needed. That is perfectly designed for me. But anytime you are nearby enemies or you die, your comms open up for about seven seconds and is visible to the person that killed you or any enemies nearby or any friendlies nearby, and it's incredible it is hilarious you can that you, is one way to describe it. i'm sorry sometimes <laughs> yes sometimes it can be terrible it can be awful but other times you kill someone and they're like oh man there's no fucking way and you, you press the mic button you're like yeah there is i fucking killed you bitch and it's oh my god it's amazing i i i think you were there we were playing last night where someone like killed me and then they like you know, with the little, like, Roblox-looking nubbins, they dragged my corpse over behind the corner and started teabagging me in safety? <laughs> the fact the game lets you do that! <laughs> it just yearns to a kind of era bygone. Yeah. You know? And, and with, with, with some modern quality-of-life enhancements, but it's just, like, it's all around. It's a great game. And I mean, it's it's in it's in very active development. Uh, you know, I think it's technically an early access game, but like they've they've had some big big releases and big changes throughout the year. You know, they've been balancing it. They've changed the meta. There've been some changes I know they've made that weren't very well received, and they've worked around that. They take community feedback very well. Um, it's just it's a phenomenal game. It's only like fifteen bucks and. I have already had way more, you know, in the 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 fun two dollar ratio. 
already well exceeded that that price and you know love it we'll continue to play it and yeah it's it's it is it is easily my game of the year this year i i like that pick i i like that pick. very good all right, all right mike go mike i'm very i'm, I'm curious no, I know exactly what it is. Yeah, it's kind so of obvious. My, <laughs> my game of the year is uh, Alan. Oh, Link yeah. Two. I forgot this game. <laughs> um, and I want to tell you a couple reasons why. Uh, I, again, the, the difference, like, this is just, like, by a hair over Baldur's Gate 3. And it's mainly because the Act 3 technical concerns of Baldur's Gate are annoying. Um, They're little, bad. They're little, bad. a little rough. And I'm like... Compared to Alan Wake 2, which is just a immaculately run, at least for me on PS5, it like it looks so gorgeous. Like it feels like a next gen game in a way a lot of PS5 games haven't really. Um, like it's just such it is such a visual delight. Like there are like uh, sequences where you know you do a big change and then all of a sudden like the entire like like the entire like level like flips all around you and it's just cool how quickly all that stuff pops in like they do sequences where like you know your character is walking down like a hallway and then they're like overlapping because this game has two protagonists spoilers uh, but like oh. your like one character is like walking in the path and it's like overlapping with things that you're seeing from like a similar perspective at a similar time in the other character's story and it's like it looks so cool like they do a really amazing job like kind of adding a really good like psychedelic factor like technically and it all just like the environments are all just like really gorgeous anyways um and on top of all that so it's like it's the whole premise of this game is kind of wild right like especially as you kind of learn like not to go like outside of the game itself but like remedy wanted to make a sequel to alan wake 2 pretty quickly after the first one and it came out in like 2010 i think microsoft told them no mm -hmm. Uh, so the and they had to like get the rights back from Microsoft to make this game. Uh, so That's it really has cool. been something that has been on their mind for a long time, and they've been building to it for a long time because this game pulls in a lot of things from uh, a game I didn't play, but like pulls in some ideas from Quantum Break. It pulls in lots of ideas and some familiar faces from Control. Okay, alright. Um, I like the control. And it just builds it all into this really well-crafted, immaculately directed uh, like 20-ish hour survival horror masterpiece. Like, mm. And I think it is, it does a really good job of having like you know, it's got the classic remedy like full motion video stuff which is like a little kind of goofy but that's kind of the point like they have the fun stuff with it but also like some of the hardest heart most heartbreaking 
sequences in this game are delivered by like a human actor that you're watching and that's really cool that they're just like confident enough in their the package that they have delivered to like yeah we're gonna have we're not gonna like render this in the game engine we're just gonna point a camera at an actor and they're gonna act and they're gonna watch it in the video game and that's really cool um that is cool the, it's the art of making video games. For yeah, it f- it's just like a lo- at its best, it feels like a crazy like multimedia collage that's all kind of because it's like about a writer who, and like his character is in the is like in this story too, but it's like pulling on all of these strings in really fun ways. So it's like again the the big love letters to things like x-files and twin peaks which really hit home for me aside are just super fun um again there's some other kind of things i don't want to like i won't spoil um but you know some of my like favorite most like kind of jaw-dropping like oh my god here we go kind of sequences are in this Mm -hmm. game um And it's just, again, if you are somebody who has played a survival, like if you're somebody who played Resident Evil, any of the modern Resident Evil games, like seven or eight, if you played any of those, you have to play this game because this game has a good ending and is good for the second half of the game. Uh, I I am am Um, currently taking your advice and playing Alan Wake 1 right now. While also watching Twin Peaks: The Return, I'm having an odd Christmas. You're, is what I'm trying I'm, to I'm say. Way, I gave you a lot of homework. Apparently, sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's um, fine. Uh, it's fine. But I think because I already talked a lot about, about a lot about it last time. But I think just the way it all kind of pulled because it's very much a game about like the that it you know it's 13 years since they it's like it's just it's 13 years since they made the first one to a game it's like a sequel to a game that you know wasn't that big of a hit really so it's like really just the concept of it is really wild from the jump and they just absolutely crush it in terms of just like the environments I mean the gameplay itself is just pretty straightforward but it's fun um and just their confidence in like letting some of the biggest moments of the story be delivered by like actors and just list you know it's just it's it's a really groovy thing and i just i'm really happy that they got to make this game and i just it's really cool and i really absolutely adored it i bought it on the uh for those of you interested in it epic game store is having a sale on it by Alan Wake 2. You get the remastered version of Alan Wake for free. We don't get the promo. Cut this. Alright. All right. <laughs> well, we wait, wait till we get the affiliate that. link and then yeah, we'll pop it out there. Oh. Bleep that. Bleep. Beep. <laughs> nah, you're right. Okay. That was, uh, that was, that was our the game picks. of the year pod. We did it. I... I like how everyone had a different number one. That's very. I don't think twenty twenty three. Good year for games. Yeah, it was a yeah. it was a big year. That was uh that was pretty impressive. And hopefully twenty twenty four is 
just as big. And you know where you can go to find out if 2024 is as big as 2023? <gasps> Wait, I, can I make one minor final last note? Okay. Uh, listeners at home who are in keeping track of the Sarah Belt uh, with how her Game of the Year award works, because she's like, why should there be a different Game of the Year if the one from last year is still just as good? Um, the current <laughs> holder of the belt is Animal Crossing. Uh, nothing had surpassed Animal Crossing uh, until Tears of the Kingdom for Sarah. So Tears of the Kingdom has defeated Animal Crossing in the ring and has taken the belt. Well, do you know okay. where you can go to find out if 2024 can unseat the usurper Tears of the Kingdom? Where? Unscriptedgaming.com. There you can get links to all of our media all across the internet. You can find our Facebook Unscript Game Podcast. You can get us on X at Unscript Formerly un- Twitter. <laughs> underscore gaming. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash unscripted dash gaming will get you links to audio versions of our podcast. We are on all of the relevant and big podcatchers. I probably need to look into the YouTube music change now that that's happening. So uh, stand oh, by yeah. for that one. But you know what? Just use Pocket Cast, like whatever. Just use a different one. Uh, but thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. Uh, my name is Ray. My name is Mike. Peace.